For the third week in a row, I have been entertained by Bob Lashley. I don't know who I am anymore. I'm scared. This and other soul-searching moments coming up on the Misspots Podcast. Should we now be the Bob Lashley podcast? The the we're not new... going to get quite there yet. <laughs> <laughs> so there, I do. I actually did have a have an issue. I do have an issue with what's going on in a, in a way with uh, with that character. We can get to that in a little bit. But uh, I have to just put this out there. I had really bad internet problems uh, all on Wednesday night. So did the yeah. entire state of Florida. yeah. Apparently. If you so, had AT and T, yeah. So uh, I had to restart everything on my side, and I had I was only able to watch the first five to ten minutes of Dynamite and the last thirty minutes of Dynamite, which I, uh, it seemed like the crap parts, but I didn't see the rest of it. Maybe it was all crap parts. I'm not sure, but uh, so I did not see a good chunk of the show. We'll talk about that a little bit, Mike, and you can tell me what I did miss. And then, unfortunately, Raw did not. We did not have an internet outage on Monday night because that would have been the better option. For me. <laughs> it would have been. If, in fact, if every Monday night, if they want to just take my internet down, that's the day that I pick. They can just do that, and then it will spare me from having to watch Raw. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the more and more we keep on going through this, WWE, like, I, I'm glad that we don't watch SmackDown because if we did... Like this would be so tough to be like, uh, I'm going to keep on watching WWE. And it's like, what's it cutting off the nose to spite one's face? Like, I feel like that would, that would be what I would be doing to myself if I was watching SmackDown and raw. I, I uh, couldn't do it. I, yeah. I could not watch these lifeless, passionless, awful, empty arena shows with, the worst storyline continuity imaginable other than a few bright spots you could pick out of raw 30 minutes maybe of this entire show that is tolerable and there's some highlights and the the big highlight of this episode was Randy Orton and Edge they continue to be the only people on the roster that can can do an angle that can cut promos believably in an empty arena that don't seem like they're waiting for the crowd to chime in. Just Randy cutting off edge a couple times during his promo made it feel lively yeah. and believable. It was a small little thing, but he tried. He, it wasn't, I will do a long solilo- soliloquy and then you will do one and then I will do one and you will do one. It was, it seemed like a genuine back and forth of people that weren't reciting scripts and it was good. Yes, the feud has been booked in, in reverse. Yes, if I hear 
if I hear Tom Phillips or anyone else call it the greatest wrestling match of all time, I'm going to vomit. Projectile vomit a number Uh, of times. It is. It that's just. It's. It is. It is hyperbole to the point of comedy. This buzzword manufacturing company that we watch every Monday night. But overall, it's 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 the watchable thing. It's the good thing going on on the show. Not only is it uh, a, a a thing that doesn't sound scripted, as you mentioned, but it sounds personal. It sounds like two friends, two people with a rapport who know each other, who know what makes the other tick. And that was what Randy was doing, like interrupting and being like, wait, so are you, hey, are you accepting my challenge or what? Like just poking at Edge, like. Edge trying to do a long uh, talked about thing and Randy just going, can you, hey, can you just answer my challenge? Just answer my challenge and, and being a pest. And that is that's another point that makes this probably the best thing in WWE television right now is that it does come across so real, so personal uh, just because these two know each other so well and they are veterans who are probably given more length on the leash for promos than anyone and maybe even allowed to just do their thing but like it, it, it's it's the only thing that keeps me somewhat interested on raw right now it's it's actually intriguing and i'm looking forward to seeing the match at the upcoming pay-per-view it's the only thing i'm looking forward to seeing so, a did for you effort say on the that. match at the upcoming pay per view because you don't know what the name of the upcoming pay per view is? Is it Backlash? I'm. I think that's what it is. Pay payback. Paylash. Pay it's one of those Back legacy pay. names, <laughs> for sure. Lashback. Lashback. Uh, that's what <laughs> we'll go with. That Bobby Lashback. And by the way, yes, Mike, I did. Uh, <laughs> they also you have to you have to call it out the fact that they're actually saying the term wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's an up. It's embarrassing to say one of my major ups on Raw this week is that they use the term wrestling. That should blow people's freaking minds that on a professional wrestling show, that is an up. That is a thing that's impressive and like a, a move in the right direction is calling out that it's professional wrestling. So, yeah, but after this... And I might as well get the other thing out of the way with uh, with Bob Lashley. I am I continue to be impressed with the storyline. I've been said I said for weeks, go away MVP and never come back. Don't ever do the MVP lounge again because that's not a thing. It's not. It's not a thing. Interview segments are not a thing. So stop that. Don't wrestle anymore because no one cares because no one is nostalgic for MVP especially in an empty arena. But this manager thing, this stable thing, this this aspect of kind of prodding Lashley to be the dominant monster that he looks like he could be, that he was built in a computer-generated image to be, uh, that's a good thing. And it continues to be intriguing. And the fact that they're getting him away, hopefully, from Lana, which has been just poison, uh, from day one, all that is really good and continues to to pique my interest. The big problem I have with this mic 
and unfortunately has the potential to undercut everything I just said. Why is Vince the f- McMahon. No, why the fuck is he going after Drew McIntyre so soon? This guy was unwatchable five weeks ago. He had the most go-away heat on the live shows when they were happening with the fans. No one could care less about him. And now, after three weeks of, of good television and building, they're, they're hot-shotting him into an angle with Drew McIntyre way too soon. Three, four months down the road, build this guy, put him on the back, uh, put him on that mid card, let him destroy a couple people, let him build some momentum, and then he'll be a believable challenger. And also, let him win some freaking matches against top tier talent. Not just to not only be believable. Yeah. What's that? Not just our truth and Akira Tozawa yeah. and and folks like not, that. But not just to be believable. But so when Drew McIntyre beats him, he doesn't look like a schlub. Yeah. If he were to have, if he were to beat a, I know Mysterio's out right now, but if he were to beat a Rey Mysterio Jr., if he were to, uh, if he were to beat somebody that we care about over the next several months, when he loses to McIntyre, he can pick that steam back up. But now it looks like they just gave him a little bit to chew on, and then he's going to get smacked right back down to that purgatory that is the mid card. Have him beat Kevin Owens. KO's not doing anything other than hosting talking segments that should not exist. Have him beat someone we give a shit about. Build him up to be a challenger. Don't just tell us he is one. Uh, One quick thing about Kevin Owens. I can't believe that this is the first time that we saw KO since WrestleMania. Yeah. And they did that. he won his match, his feud mm-hmm. that blew with off Seth Rollins. At, yeah, yeah, against Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, and this is the first time that we've seen him since then. Well, a wow. lot of that could have had, had could have had to do with what's going on and with the he tried to, and stuff. He also tried to sell it as like, "Oh, I was hurt from having yeah. my WrestleMania moment." So that's that's good on on KO for but, for doing that. Sure, but the first thing they do is throw him into the middle of the garbage segments that the job squad has been yeah. uh, monopolizing for, it feels like, decades now. Hey, but uh, they kicked out Create a Wrestler number 57. They did, but then... Uh, then Seth Rollins the, picked up the pieces. Yeah, this whole thread of starting... This is like a, uh, like a shitty symphony, right? <laughs> you start with the opening notes of... A thrown together match that was not booked that apparently they can just have with Umberto uh, Carrillo and Murphy. Garbage logic. Please never do this again. I know this is how the only way they know how to book it wrestling, uh, not even wrestling, sports entertainment shows, but it's garbage. It's been garbage the first time it was done. It'll be garbage for the next 40 years of WWE doing it. And they weave it through awful talking segments with people that do not deserve them. Nothing that the job squad has done over the past four, five, six, 20 weeks, whatever it's been, has warranted a single extra second of time and certainly does not warrant a breakup angle. If we still had Sunday night heat, you'd put that on Sunday night heat. It's such a nothing. It's, It's WCW Saturday night stuff. It's jacked 
stuff. And we had to watch this happen on Raw like and like it mattered. These people don't matter. You have not booked them like they matter. We have not seen any character development for a single one of these people. And yet you think that we're supposed to care about them breaking up? Of course we don't. It's good that this happened with no fans because if, the, if there was fans there, people would have gone, meh. Create a wrestler number 57. We don't even still know who the fuck this guy is. Your your son has said more words than Austin Theory has on television. That's like, true. Like, he, how are we supposed to feel any sort of weird, weird even weird sympathy for creator wrestler number 57 who got kicked out of his group. Uh, and, and then why does Seth Rollins want him? What does Seth Rollins see in a guy who has only lost? Like, I think he had one win in, in, in his time on the main roster. I have to repeat, this team has developed nothing done nothing to warrant the time they've been given and then you're going to have Seth Rollins pick this schlub up who's a nobody in the eyes of the fans and you're going to bring him into a group that by the way has done nothing at all to develop anyone other than Seth Rollins Murphy goes out there and wrestles a match every now and then he has he doesn't talk he doesn't have any development whatsoever in his character he's just some dude who looks jacked and can wrestle. Yay. AOP had all these vignettes and all these things that they were building for, towards, and the second they got with Seth Rollins, they might as well be the freaking Harris twins in WCW. They're just dudes that are there to, to be heavies when we were developing these characters. Zero. Nothing. They've got three hours every single week, and they put on garbage that no one cares about and they can't put together a fucking vignette to push uh, uh, members of a faction and give us more information about them and develop their characters and now they're bringing in creator wrestler number 55 to and, this group no and when on the uh, I, I don't know if you read it heard it whatever on the uh, investor call Vince McMahon blames we don't have any stars right now that's your own fucking fault. You they've have done plenty of nothing. people who yes, could be stars. They've done nothing to create anyone as a star because that's not the show that they're booking. They've they've never booked a star. They've never booked anyone to come up from the no. mid card and, and become a, a champion or, or or develop a personality or develop anything beyond the very small fraction of people that care about the WWE and watch Raw and SmackDown and for some reason continue to like it continue to say nice things about the money in the bank ladder match like they have head trauma and this is or this it's like it's the only thing that's available on television i can see having some kind of patty Hearst syndrome with that and going well i guess it's the only thing i have to watch so i guess it's good but no this is this is this is unwatchable uh so that's that was a whole like i said it was a whole thing that was weaved through this whole episode that was just it was infuriating to watch. Um, let me let me ask you this real quick about Raw, and hopefully it doesn't take too much time because it involves another person who you really dislike. Uh, for, first question, is Asuka a face now? No. No, she is not. I refuse to take Asuka as a face until she does anything that makes me want to not 
turn my channel when I watch her because she is unfucking watchable. And second, until she does something until they run an angle to make her a fucking baby face because she was a dastardly villainous heel. And all of a sudden, because she screams in, in Japanese gibberish and some idiots online for some reason are entertained, all of a sudden she's a baby face. No, well, she's not. Does her punking Nia Jax on a few occasions now make her a face? No, no. Her just because like, her just kicking Nia in the head in the in backstage, I was like, I enjoyed that. But it's just because we don't like Nia. Okay, and then Nia Jax. There is not a more unconvincing professional wrestler that's ever been birthed onto this, into this universe. Her trying to be sneaky in the shadows was embarrassing. <laughs> you could not call what she was doing selling. You could not call it acting. She awkwardly was laying on the ground. That's the only, like, Tamina plummets through the air. <laughs> Awkward, uh, Nia Jax awkwardly does everything. She wasn't selling that kick as meaning anything. She wasn't no-selling it. She looked somewhat perturbed whilst lying on the ground. That may have been the stage direction. Un that all the stuff with Kari uh, Sane and Asuka completely unwatchable it's just screaming it's if Asuka is a baby face she's a fucking goof and she is not in any way interesting to watch by by jig dancing a jig around the ring and screaming I mean seriously it's the equivalence of of dangling string in front of a cat I, I can't I can't think of anything less entertaining all right so did that answer your question? Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> after that, we don't need to talk about axe throwing. Uh, oh, of course not. No, no. I didn't even watch those segments. I fast forwarded yeah. through all that stuff. And rightly so. Yeah, that's that. That's pure garbage. Uh, uh, Charlotte Flair used to be, I used to just, I used to look so forward to Charlotte's matches. I used to look forward to Charlotte, even though her promos could be spotty. And she was really, really poor as a baby face. She showed the ability to be a good heel from time to time. And now she is everything that's wrong with the company. She just is the queen for some reason. Even when she doesn't have a title, she's the queen. And she just uh, vomits out catchphrases. She gives the same promo every time. Her delivery is stilted. It's like a robot's reading it. And... A lot of the reason has to be because she has nothing to say. She had nothing to say during this she talking segment. She is the segment. champion of a brand that is not the one that she is on. Yeah. We are not seeing her compete against the competitors who are trying to win the title that she possesses. That is all on a different show. But there's a brand split, and in November, we're going to hear about how everyone's mad that this person is on our show. It is it is mind-bogglingly idiotic. And speaking of brand uh, split, we have the, the, the Superstar Shake-Up 2 now commencing. Electric Boogaloo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 that is, that's garbage. Uh, it's, it's, seeing Baron Corbin on Raw just made me hate Raw more. Seeing Liv Morgan crying for some reason proves they had no direction for her in the first place. Don't repackage somebody if you don't have a package to put them in. 
They That's unpackage what repackage means. Yeah, but they they unpackaged Liv Morgan from having a blue tongue, and then they were like going to put her in a package, and then they just she just got lost, and now she's running around just doing whatever. Uh, that's that's awful. I mean, is there anything good else about this show? Uh, the other thing that I wrote down with the iconics, I believe the iconics are heels. Because they're really, really annoying and they repeat their repetitive catchphrase, annoying catchphrase ad nauseum. Doesn't that describe 90% of the roster? Yeah. I mean, Braun Strowman is annoying and he says, get these hands every 15 seconds. He's the Iconics, right? It's, it's, it's all the same. Uh, if you want to get me to care about a DQ finish, have rules to your matches so that a DQ makes sense. Uh, there's that. And then the, the title match, I fast-forwarded through the entire thing. Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre, I can't think of a match that I care about less. It wasn't a title match. It wasn't a title match? I don't think it was. I'm almost, I almost was positive it was. I, I I thought it was just a an exhibition of a person from SmackDown coming over to Raw. Well, fuck me. Uh, yeah, if it was that, then it was even less important. Oh, yeah. I, the, the, at least the announcers did something to sell their, their previous uh, interactions with each other being aligned. There, at least there was some kind of backstory to go with this. But And you know what? I'm going to say something positive here. Okay. These two actually have a little bit of chemistry in the ring. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have known. But okay. But like... We we've said in the past that Baron is underappreciated and underrated in the ring. Mm -hmm. He he is a solid hand. Drew McIntyre is a very good hand in the ring. Yes. So they put on a pretty entertaining match, like just from a, from technical standpoint. Uh, and Baron can go, but Baron's character is so go away. That like no one cares. Baron Corbin went from one atrocious gimmick to the next. Yeah, a dude that is legitimately he's got that punchable face. He's got that air of cock, undeserved cockiness. He could be a real threat. We've talked about it before. His NXT heel character was good. He had potential for the main roster, but dressing him up like a waiter from Applebee's and then putting a freaking dead roadkill draped over his shoulders and calling him the king. I feel like the king of the ring, Vince has been saying for 20 years, this is terrible, pal, and we're, we shouldn't do this, and this no one wants to see this king of the ring nonsense. And then when they do it, he goes, okay, I'll show them this is garbage by making them act like a king. Yeah. Have someone win the king of the ring and just boast that they're the best fucking professional wrestler in the world. Right? Have that happen. Don't put a yeah. dumb crown on them and say that they're a king and make them... Jim Cornette calls him the possum king because he has a <laughs> possum skin cape. Dress him like the possum king. It is the worst... It is the most go away. I don't. And like you said, I actually do in a guilty way like Baron Corbin. And I had less than zero interest in this and wouldn't even give it a chance. 
Is that true that Vince hates the the King of the Ring gimmick? It's been said that he hates tournaments in general and that they've gone back and forth because we had the King of the Ring like last time we saw it was for, Barrett, you yeah. know? So, I mean, that's the rumor. All of this is rumor and conjecture. No one's in the WWE locker room talking about this stuff, I guess. But, but like, yeah. it, it, it would, you would think if a guy like that hates it so much, you just go out and bury it. Like, like you said. Which is what they're like, doing. Have, but bury <laughs> it in the way of having, like, that elevates the person in the, in, at the same time. Have the person win it and then go, I'm not wearing that fucking crown. I'm not wearing that fucking uh, cape, not holding the scepter, not sitting on a throne. I don't need that to prove that I am the best. That would be a great angle. If Chad Gable would have done that, it would have been incredible. If AJ Styles won the King of the Ring, if... Kevin Owens won the King of the Ring. It would be a great thing to knock the stupid fucking chair over and say, "Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not here to play dress up. I'm here to kick people's asses." Stone Cold Steve Austin won the King of the Ring and didn't walk around with a fucking crown. Yeah, uh, I I am trying to find uh, a list of all the winners because I'm fairly certain almost all of them are like majority of them are heels because they feel like it can be a heel gimmick. I mean, Owen won, Brett won, Austin, Helmsley. Uh, I want to say. Yeah, Mabel. Regal. Obviously uh, Savage, Booker. Harley Race. uh, Yeah, like Bad News Barrett when he when he won that he was a heel like yeah. Barrett won Bad News oh yeah Bad News Barrett I, I King thought you were singing yeah. Bad News Brown I was like <laughs> what uh, anyway listen I don't want to go off on a whole tangent here but it's just it's so bad and yeah you had the upside of the development of Bob Lashley which is good the great opening segment but other than that just unwatchable garbage yeah all right Let's talk about the show that you barely watched. Well, if anything, oh, I didn't. I didn't get all of it either. But if the first ten minutes said anything, I was not going to enjoy it. So you saw, uh, what it was the, uh, they started with, uh, Brody Lee, right? I saw a very awkward man wearing a suit from the Salvation Army come out looking uncomfortable cutting a god-awful promo and trying to be something he is not. Putting Brody Lee in a suit and having him try to play some kind of person above other people is, it's its the most counterproductive thing I think I've ever seen. It's, they don't even cha- shave his freaking beard. They don't even try to make him look like a, there are cult leaders that wear bedsheets and, uh, do insane things. There are cult leaders that dress in suits. He's a hodgepodge of the two and doesn't work on either level. And he he can't cut a promo, man. It was cringeworthy to hear him talk about this. The Dark Order do not belong in the main event and nothing about this works. Yeah, I, I, I missed um, 
probably the first minute or so of of the promo i was watching something else that overran a, a tiny bit um uh but i was like this there is some confidence in what Brody Lee is saying. I feel like a little bit and that he, he is confident in himself out there, but I'm just not buying him as this leader. No, uh, I, I like being the right hand man, being the muscle of the leader. Absolutely. Because I mean, from the first day that I've ever saw Brody Lee before he was even Luke Harper, like, like this dude had, uh, 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 Bruiser Brody written all over him, like he could just go out there and murder people, and yeah, he's a better than average. I feel like talker, but I'm not I, buying this cult uh, leader thing. I do not think he's a better than average talker. He's had some decent promos, but the vast majority of this has been uncomfortable to watch. He does not belong in this spot. I always believe that the world title match is the closer to a show. And, and this people, is going to be somewhere in the middle. But and people are saying it shouldn't be. And I'm. this is one of the few times I agree. This does not belong closing any show. No. Uh, I'd rather see uh, Cody and Lance Archer. I'd rather see the clusterfuck that is the stadium brawl uh, than, than this. And the thing that I keep running into and I keep, banging my head against a wall on. If they just would have thrown Matt Hardy's broken universe in the trash and said, this is, so, this is something from Impact, we're not going to do this. But Matt, leave your drones at home. Don't teleport. But we're going to let you be really eccentric and really crazy. And we're going to let you talk like a crazy person. And we're going to let you lead this faction of misfits. It could have worked. They would have need mu needed muscle. And they could have put Brody Lee as that muscle. They were actually need wrestlers. And right now they have ma uh, faceless people. They would have need to build a stable. But Matt could have done it because he's a fucking nut. Instead, they throw him in with the elite and have him, you know, offer, have t-shirt battles with Chris Jericho with hot tubs. That's unwatchable <laughs> garbage. That's unbelievable. And they had it in their hand, but they had to swerve us. They had to, to, to think we were going to see Matt Hardy as the leader and give us someone who does not belong in that spot. Matt Hardy as Chris Jericho and and uh, Brody Lee as Jake Hager could have worked really, really well. I think it could have been brilliant in the right hands and they could have let Matt be as stupid and crazy as he wanted his promos and it would have worked in this gimmick. Anyway. <laughs> there is so much greatness in, in what you said there. Uh <laughs> But yeah, so to to wrap this all up, I I think that Moxley has done a good job of 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 his end of this. Like he comes off a little conflicted um, with how he's acting through all this. He had his property stolen, as he likes to uh, say, and. It seems like he is trying very hard not to snap 
he's like trying to hold it in and trying to remain professional and trying to be, I'm the champion. I don't have to be a crazy person. But then like after he beats 10 handedly, uh, he threatens to break his arm using a, a, a chair with like the, you know, putting the arm through the chair and all that unless he gets his belt back and Brody Lee comes on the, the, the Tron and is like, ah, I see what you're doing here. I'll contemplate on that and just leaves the building so that leaving Moxley to go, all right. And then just breaking Ten's arm in the ring. Okay. So once again, I did not see this, but why did Brody not say break it? With uh, that would have been more cold and callous. That would to me, and I didn't see it. Maybe it came off as badass walking away. But why don't he just he just take a one step closer to the camera with those crazy eyes and go break it? He it would have been more powerful if he would have said just straight up that. But he was just kind of like like, all right, uh, I I'll take into consideration what you said, but uh, I'm leaving right now. And uh, at, at Moxley's uh, words were like, all right, see you Saturday. And then just broke the guy's arm. Um, I, I thought that that was fine for for it. But again, this is not a segment that I am uh, or, or, or a match that I'm really crazy about. It, it's another it's, it's too much too soon. It's it's a it's a faction and a angle that did not need to cross paths with the world champion this soon. Yeah. It seems way thrown together. Uh, MJF beat up Marco Stunt. Uh, won a, a quick quick match there. Fine. I heard nothing but good stuff about this. Uh, I guess MJ did MJF cut a little promo. I'm guessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure it was gold. Yeah, because that guy's great. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so, so that was fine. Uh, there was this Arn Anderson, Jake, the snake, uh, thing. My, my internet was going out a lot during this. So I did not see, uh, all of this. I, um, I was looking forward to this because I love Jake and I like, and I love Arn. I like Arn. I like yeah. Arn a lot. I love Jake. Yeah. And I was looking forward to this. The one thing I have to say about Jake is that there's there's a way to use a great mouthpiece to get a client over. And there's a way to use your mouthpiece to get yourself over. I don't think Jake is doing a good job in the last four weeks of getting Lance Archer over at the start of this angle. It was all about getting Lance Archer over. Mm. And I feel like now it's like him molesting Brandy and putting snakes on her. It's not about making Lance Archer look more like a badass. It's about making Jake the focal of focal point of things. And I find that's kind of, it's not the way to go. And then when you throw Jake and uh, Arn in there, isn't that exactly what we're doing? We're putting a focus on the seconds for people. Yeah, uh, I I see what you mean there, and good point about uh, what what uh, the direction of Jake recently. Like Arn was never like going back to this this segment. It wasn't terrible. I also don't think that it was great. Um, Arn was never 
the talker. Like, but he's a Arn's a good talker. He, I think Arn's a very, very underrated talker. Okay. Uh, when I, I think I mean I, I can't point to classic promos, but Arn always had confidence. Arn, the second he got a microphone, he told you what he was doing. He was clear as hell, didn't stumble over his words, and knew how to sell a fucking match. I, I, Arn, Arn Anderson, yeah, he he delivered the goods in my opinion. Okay, I mean I I thought he was one of the best workers, uh, yeah, for sure. And uh, this this did a d. De- decent job in my my uh mind of of selling it from what i saw again my my internet was going out a lot during this so i only saw bits and pieces the there was a lot of talk of the mike tyson thing uh with this that i guess he's the one going to be presenting the title could not they're just trying to sell that could not care less Mike Tyson was the person that sold the Attitude Era to the masses, and that's great. But Mike Tyson is an old man, and I cannot believe anyone would give a crap about it. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Ray Phoenix was a fairly entertaining match. Like cool. Yeah, I mean that's 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 really all that it was. Uh, both these dudes are are athletic, highly entertaining. So uh, there wasn't a whole lot of comedy there. There was shtick at the end with Kip Sabian uh, getting involved in things, but that was that was that. I mean, Colt Cabana came out and and shut that down. There was, um, I, I just know you would, did you, you didn't see the Sean Spears network? Uh, I news? did see that. Oh, you did see that. But that was at the very end of the show. That was, that was I know. Lo- I, I'm, I'm kind of skipping. Of okay. It. Yeah. Uh, that was garbage. Uh, yes. It was, it was another, it was, it was bad WWE. Uh, I will say this. Sean Spears sells it. Sean Spears is a good talker who has charisma and we used to think that Sean Spears deserved a lot more than what he got. He probably deserved about what he got. He's a mid-card guy and he's a he's a competent worker but not an above average worker by any stretch of the imagination. He can talk, he can he can draw the camera to him, but he's done nothing to really get over an AEW on maybe it's because of him or the booking whatever but anytime you do one of these segments like this i'm just going we've seen this we saw the randy news network or randy orton did this in 2005 or 2004 uh, when he was recovering from a, a shoulder thing and he was just doing commentary and doing a CNN kind of thing. We saw this with the weekend update with the uh, Street Profits eight weeks ago or whatever it was before this whole thing went down with the coronavirus that was unwatchable. Why would you do this? It's never worked. It's never yeah. been good. Now, him challenging Dustin, I like that. I like him... But after saying that Dustin's retired, I like the fact that he said that he said he basically retired Dustin for him 
basically saying that you you're never going to come back to the ring after the beating you took. If he would have just cut a promo on this, I would have loved it because he's basically saying an old man got put out to pasture. Cody watched it and probably wanted it to happen because he hates Cody and he wants to get under his skin. And he's probably going to be the first challenger if Cody wins this title, which is fine because they've they've kept that those fires burning over these last several weeks. And he challenges Dustin to a match and he'll probably and he should beat him at yeah. the pay-per-view. I would have liked everything about this with the promo, but it's overproduced. It's too slick. It doesn't make any sense. I didn't like it. Yeah, it it, it rubbed me in the wrong way. Uh, I I skipped over the women's tag team match that happened. Uh, that was kind of like almost WWE like until the finish because you had you had uh Nyla Rose and Britt Baker taking on Chris Statlander and. Uh, Hikaru Shida Shida and Nyla Rose are fighting for the title at pointless tag uh, match yeah so you gotta you gotta put these two in a match so they say but the champion won uh, Nyla Rose pinned Hikaru Shida I, I mean that's you fine. normally see the challenger beat the champion in uh, an instance like this but and that's all fine and good. But why do we want Sheeta? Yeah, I'm and, not saying that it should And Nyla Rose to wrestle several days before their match. Let them hold all their shit back. Let Nyla Rose go out and beat the shit out of somebody. Let Sheeta go out and beat the shit out of somebody. You don't need this. You don't need this at all. It was. It was. I did not watch it, and I know that it was filler. All right, so let's let's talk about the end here. So, you you saw, I assume now most of the Sammy and Matt Hardy match, if I not saw all the, of it. I saw the whole match. Okay, uh, and then the aftermath. The match was the best thing Matt Hardy has done in AEW because it was an actual wrestling match, and he didn't teleport anywhere. So I didn't think I had to say that, but that's an up. Uh. That was fine. This was actually a good match. Matt looked relatively mobile, which was good because he a lot of times doesn't. Sammy Guevara looked great. Sammy Guevara is smooth as silk in the ring. I really like the guy. He goes out there and takes a loss to Matt Hardy because he can. All that worked. All of that worked. And I liked it. Even though I can't stand Matt Hardy in his presentation. And I don't understand why he's around the elite, and they still have never explained that to me to my satisfaction to put him in that situation. Uh, I, don't, I don't get it. I, I, don't, uh, I, they, I still don't get it. They kind of did. I, I still don't get it. I, 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 don't, I don't draw these people together in any way, shape, or form. And maybe they did, but I, it still doesn't resonate, he, resonate he with me. He said that he, he owes the Young Bucks a favor. Yeah, it doesn't fit. Matt Hardy is on his own planet somewhere out there. He's out there on Planet Stasiak, right, doing his own thing, and the elite are doing something else. Uh, I don't get Great it. Great reference. Yeah, you're Great welcome. Uh, but then, then you get this brawl, and I cannot tell you how upsetting it is to think of the fact that Jr. And the commentary team all night are talking about the fact that are Paige and the Bucks even going to show up? 
are we haven't seen them in forever. And the fight spills out onto the the football field where we're going to have this bunkhouse stampede or whatever it is. And the Bucks show up and they jump off the bleachers and apparently one of the Jacksons broke a rib on that and now they're injured and we're everyone's worried about it. Oh really? Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to give you the fact that the inner circle sees the Bucks up on uh uh on the on the on the seat and runs towards them to catch them. That's stupid. It's always stupid. It never makes any sense. If they saw the Bucks up there, they go, okay, guys, we'll take 10 minutes to come down. We're going to be kicking the shit out of your friend until you get down here. We we can do nothing by running towards you. That always annoys me. Have to mention it. But the fact that the Bucks and Adam Page were in the building the whole time. They and were there. let the, Kenny Omega get the shit kicked out of him? Yeah. They just yeah. let Kenny. They didn't announce that they were there. Uh, th- nobody in the arena knows they're there, even though they haven't been there for months. It would have been the biggest news in the world that these three guys are actually in the arena. The only justification for what happened in the last 30 minutes or the last 15 minutes or five minutes or whatever it was that show, the only justification is that the Young Bucks and Hangman Page read the script and said, <laughs> oh, we're going to wait until after the match and then Kenny Omega is going to get beat up and then we're going to come out and make a dramatic save. There is no other justification that works. Because if they were there, they would have been there and protecting their friend. They would have been announcing the fact that they were there and that they're going to kick the shit out of the inner circle later on. Everybody would have known that they were there. It made zero sense in a storyline. It made zero realistic sense, and I hated every second of it. The I With your logic... Makes absolute sense to me only for the Bucks. Because the Bucks have always been on the same page with Kenny. So if why were Hangman they there? Page is, 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 is Kenny's tag team partner. But he's the, the one who's always been having the issues with them. But he's his so tag if, team partner. I get that. But so he, he has he not snuck been in. for weeks. Hold on, hold on. You're watching me on, t- on the camera. He snuck into the arena. Right? Yeah, like a cat burglar with a glass of bourbon in his hand and nobody saw him. And he sat back and watched two hours almost of a show just in case, just in case somebody got kidnapped and was going to get beaten up on a football field with a baseball bat. If that hadn't happened, Paige would have gone flown to Florida just to go back home and go, well, you know, no one got kidnapped and beaten up with a baseball bat in a football field, so I'm just going to go home now. Look, Hangman, <laughs> we're in Florida. They're in Florida. Restaurants are open 50% now. He could have been at a restaurant having some some whiskey, having some beers, and then been like, oh, shit, I got to get over to the show. It's going on right now. And then realized that his his tag team partner is getting beaten up and has to make a dramatic running entrance like that that I'm sorry I loved every second of it uh but he is still the conflicted one 
Like, I mean, but and, you, and, you can't you can't take one and not take the others. The Bucks make no sense. No, the Bucks absolutely. The Buck, I, I I get that. Yes, the Bucks do not make sense. Because so the whole angle they should be make any sharing sense. a locker room with Kenny, and, and we they should, should know they're there. Yes, they I, I get that. In. The first segment should have been the Bucks are back, and they're going to stand up, and they're going to fight these people at this stampede match on the on the thing. It is it is illogical on a on a level that is almost un, unfathomable. I, I can't get that, but I can I can point out good performance within a, a, an entire shit uh, program. Like uh, <laughs> someone can can be a great actor in a terrible movie or a terrible TV uh, show. True, yeah. They yeah. can sell like go all in on their character. Yeah, and I think that Hangman's makes sense. Of him not like him being conflicted, not showing up on time. Because I mean, even if I sent you uh, earlier today the monologue that uh, Hangman did on being the elite, if you haven't seen it, go watch it uh, because it, I think that it's great. And he talks about going home and talking about trying to patch the holes in the house, and that obviously is his issues with the the members of the elite. And I I think that. Him then walking out after after helping everyone shows that he's still having issues. Hangman Page is the only reason I still enjoy watching wrestling right now. He is he's a compelling character, a new type of character like he has elements of of people that I can point out from all over the history of wrestling since I've been watching it. But he's some. All of that combined is something new, something interesting. And he, like you said, should be the biggest star in all of AEW. Can, can I just can I just book this for you? Will you allow me to book this for you? Okay. Book okay. what? Okay. I'm going to I'm going to book Are we going Are we going to go hang out with Hangman Page and drink no, whiskey? No. I'm I'm going to book this brawl and have it make sense. Are you ready? Okay. Start of the night, the young bucks walk into the arena, we get the camera. And they say, we're here to make sure that our crew is ready. We're here. We're back in AEW and we're ready for this Saturday. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, or, by the way, you don't have to do it that way. You there, This works both ways. And uh, you can even have them not showing up. But we actually have uh, Hangman Page is in Florida. And you have... Uh, like a, I don't know, a YouTube clip or something saying, you know what? They didn't book me on the show. I showed up down here. They said I wasn't booked. So I'm at the bar down the street, right? And I'm having a few pints or throwing back some whiskeys with a group of people. And you can even cut to the bar and have them in there. They've done it in WWE a fucking million times. At some point in the night, you've got the, uh, you know what? Throw it away. Bucks aren't there. Bucks aren't there. <laughs> I've been drinking. Judge me by the sum of all this and not by the beginning. Uh, you've got Paige is away at a bar, right? The Bucks aren't there. And you've got uh, Kenny Omega basically being cornered by the inner circle during the match, even or right after the match, just like it was with Guevara and with, uh, with Matt Hardy. He's being cornered. He goes out to the football field. And they're like, you've got nobody. Page is out there. Matt's in the middle of the uh, of the ring, and your other boys—they're nowhere to be found. 
Omega backs up to the goalposts, looks up as the guys walk underneath the, uh, the, uh, the tunnel to go in and goes, you might want to look up there. Young Bucks come down, attack the inner circle. It was a setup. It was a setup. He knew the Bucks were there. He knew that he had he had backup, and you actually have the Bucks, and you've got uh, Kenny Omega brawling, right, the yeah. whole time. Then maybe the inner circle gets a little bit of an up uh, an advantage. Here comes Adam Page running from the 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 end zone of the other side of the field to clothesline Jake Hager because he was there too. This was all a setup by uh, by the elite. To, to think that the inner circle had the uh, the upper the, the the advantage in this situation but now you've got the fact that Omega the young bucks don't have this aspect of why the fuck were they there if they were only there in case Omega got abducted you've got Adam Page actually in Florida and you're selling his character drinking out at the bar and everything works out exactly how it happened before but it all makes sense I like I like that. That is good. It it didn't happen, unfortunately. But that's the thing is that why is nobody sitting there going, "How does this make sense?" They're they're booking an angle. They're they're running it all down, and they go, "Well, why are the Bucks there? Were they there hiding the whole time, just in case something happened?" It makes no sense. They teleported. <laughs> that's the only. Matt, Matt, Hardy Matt Hardy teleported them. It just it, <laughs> and it drives me absolutely insane. It just drives me crazy that they want this to be presented as a real sport, and when they do it, they do it so well. But then they give us this kind of garbage. And no, I'm not. I'm not interested in this match. I don't want to see these guys brawling all over a football field. I I'm, I don't like the comments of people going. This is going to be as good as the Money in the Bank match from <laughs> WWE. Is it? Is it really going to be as good as that? Because then I guess I could skip it. Because that's not what I want. No, it, it's it's not what I want either. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to have some of the, the cinematic shtick. But I, I'm hoping that it will be better. Than, like I'm hoping it can just be one of your war game-ish type of things without a cage, just brawls around a football field area. Uh, and if if we can get that at worst, then I'll be somewhat satisfied. Um, Listen, but, I, like, I like a lot of the people involved in this. I just... I, I like I, almost everyone involved yeah, in this. Yeah, I, I just... I want to see the sports aspect of this company more i want to see that and i want to see the logical aspect of this i i want to i want to make sense i want somebody to look at a segment and go eh, does that work and that's the thing that i i feel so often they're just missing do you do you feel at all that their hand is forced a little bit with Matt Hardy being involved in this that they have to get a little wacky and supernatural? Well, they haven't done it in weeks, right? They've had a drone, which is already awful, but they killed it, which is good. They swatted it like a like a fly. 
but the the fact that there was no continuity and and what happened in that last few minutes made no sense has nothing to do with Matt Hardy. It has everything to do with you know what the Bucks would be really would look really really cool if they jumped off these bleachers. It it, it came down to this would look cool. Not does this make sense? And no one wanted to say, well, how can we make it make sense? And they could have. It could have been very, very simple as a way to make it actually have some kind of logic uh, dictate what, what we were seeing. And and that's the thing. I, I, we've talked about this for months or years with the WWE, the logic coordinator, the continuity director, someone to, to raise their hand in the back of the media and go, well, then why are they there? Because if if they had not kidnapped Paige, the show was about to go off the air. So the Bucks are just hanging? They come back to Dynamite for the first time in months and they're just chilling in the back, hanging out with the boys? That don't make no sense. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So anyway, that's why I hated that. And I'm sorry. Listen, Paige, I agree with you. He's a superstar. The The video sent me earlier was great. The guy has charisma galore. Him running across the field and giving a lariat. Yeah, I'm for it. Yeah, I, I, I am too. And I, I hope that he can uh, eventually win the man of the house title. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as he mentions in the uh, the promo. So this weekend, Double or Nothing is coming up. So we got to do our uh, our predictions for this. First of all, this is a second Double or Nothing, right? Yes. Shouldn't it be Triple or Nothing? I think they should do it every year. Or Quadruple or Nothing and if you're really going to double it. No, next year is Quadruple or Nothing. Then it's uh, Centuple or Nothing. I don't know how this keeps going, but eventually, you know, they run out of numbers. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, um, yeah, math. So let's talk more math and do our predictions. <laughs> math talk. Math talk. <laughs> math talk with, talk with the Miss Bots podcast. Yeah. Um, let's do our predictions for this show. Um, let's start with the their. I like that they don't call it a pre-show or a kickoff show. Buy I like in. the buy-in. I like the buy-in a lot. Yeah. We got Private Party and Best Friends in a tag team match to, defend, uh, to determine the number one contenders for the tag team titles. There's something on the line here. That's awesome. One caveat, uh, Private Party is ranked number three, and yes. they're ranked number one. So who's number two, and why are they not involved in this match? Uh, let me see if I can pull up the rankings. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we don't have to get too pedantic. Uh, I'm going with best friends. Uh, Trent is very good. I do like him a lot, and they've been featured like crazy. They're the ones that should be in this situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. They, they absolutely should be. Um, by the way, Dark Order is number two. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. So it's convenient that they don't say this because they can't compete. Uh, they're Canadian, right? They're, they they're are, in Canada. Yes. And by the way, that's fine. The continuity suffers because of a gro- global pandemic. I- I'm cool with that. Um, 
I also feel like it has been a long time since I've seen Private Party on TV. I don't watch Dark, yeah. so maybe they're having more matches on there. But uh, you're, you're than... going with Best Friends, right? Yes, I'm okay. going with Best Friends. So we're both with Best Friends. We are Best Friends. <laughs> we uh... are, and we're going with Best Friends. <laughs> yes. We're going with us. We are. That's so cute, Mike. We're going we're going to fight for the AEW Tag Team <laughs> Championships. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be neat or clotheslined. No, 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 not all by Kenny Omega or no. Hangman. Agreed. Uh we got Dustin Rhodes and Sean Spears. We we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think we both are in agreement that Sean Spears should win here. I, I I like the fact that there's a, a a a rivalry that's that's still there with Cody. I think it makes sense. The roster is thin. There's not a lot of people that can challenge Cody if he wins this, and it's it's a it's a perfect opportunity to transition. Even if uh, Cody does not win, if he loses to Lance Archer, uh, which I don't think he will, but if he does, then you still have a feud that's a not for a championship, not for a title, that is still ready for the next pay-per-view. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Dr. Britt Baker taking on Chris Statlander in singles competition. So the other half of that uh, pointless tag team match now has a match at the pay-per-view. I think Britt Baker has to go over. I, I was really impressed with Statlander when I first saw her, and I think that she's definitely got some athletic ability and a lot of talent. But uh, she's an alien that speaks by touching people's noses. Britt Baker is actually a really good heel that's cut some really good promos and good vignettes. She's in a good spot to continue to rise up the ranks, even though there's a heel champion right now. But I think Britt has to win this. I I agree with you there. Uh, She has so much potential to move up. Like you said, heel champion, that's that hinders her to a certain extent, but you can still have like a great number two heel going on in your division so that ultimately when a baby face has that title, they have a, an almost immediate feud ready to go. And also multiple women's feuds going on would be a good thing. Uh, yeah. Even with a very, very thin division, but Britt's been a, she's been a high spot. So I, I think she has to win here. Yeah. Uh, MJF and Jungle Boy. MJF has yeah. to win this. Yeah. And, and it could be, it could be wonky. Wardlow can get involved. Oh, yeah. he, he can he, cheat. He, for and, sure. that's, and he should, by the way, he should. This is not for a championship. Uh, Jungle Boy should look really, really good in defeat here. Uh, MJF needs to be the winner 100%. Uh, the casino ladder match for an AEW World Championship match, which, if I'm not mistaken, they said would be on the next episode of Dynamite. That oh, I didn't, I didn't hear that. I, I thought I caught that. Uh, Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and the infamous TBA. You know, I was reading a rundown of this and from what culture, and they said the person that has to win this is MJF. He's not in this match, right? Correct. He could be the TBA. That that could be, yeah. Uh, I guess. 
you know, I, I guess it has to be a heel because I I think Moxley is going to retain. Right. Yeah. But I guess is it for a AEW World Title match or just yes. a champion? Okay, so it's not it's not a championship match. So they can't go after Cody if he yeah. wins or Lance Archer if he wins. So who are the heels in this match? Uh, Ray Phoenix, Kip Sabian, and that's it. Wow. Uh, I don't think either one of them are going to win. <laughs> No, I I don't think. Uh, but Kip there Sabian's... is there is an unannounced person. Yeah. So I have a feeling whoever that person is will likely be the winner. Oh fuck, man! That that's a terrible thing. I'm gonna go with unannounced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> TBA. I'm going with TBA. TBA FTW. Who are you going with? I'm I'm going with TBA as well. God damn it, Mike! <laughs> like it, it sucks. Like, uh. Who, can like, you can can you give me the rundown of the uh, of the card one more time of, of, for that match? Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and TBA. So Darby and Scorpio are the only two, are the two people who deserve that shot. Yeah, and that could do the best with that shot. Uh, they're they're the uh, the the breakout stars of this, and here here's here's the thing that I'm thinking right now is so if if they are going to give this title match immediately on the next episode of uh, Dynamite, it could be a babyface theoretically as I'm, just a short turnaround match. But am am, am do, I allowed to change my change my pick? If you want to. I'm but going with Darby he, Allen. Okay. I'm going with Darby. Darby has had those... He's had a match against... I mean, he's fought Moxley and Jericho. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Jericho as the champion. I don't think he fought Moxley as the, the champ. Uh, and Scorpio Sky has fought the champion yeah. before. I, I think I, a babyface winner there makes sense, and uh, I'll go with Darby. Okay. Uh, I'm still going to stick with TBA. TBA. Um, Nyla Rose and Hikaru Shida. No DQs, no countouts for the women's championship. I'll go with Nyla Rose here. I'm going to go with her too. Um, like Shida's great and all, but I, I I don't have any great connection to her to to feel like I want to see her win. No, because there's no character development there. She's yeah. she's a talented wrestler, and that's about it. And that's one of the things that we're missing out in WWE and sometimes in, even in AEW. Nyla Rose is someone you want to see lose. I want to see a babyface conquer her that I care about, that I'm invested in. Yeah. Uh, the stadium stampede match, Inner Circle, and the Elite. Y- you call this one first. Uh, I'm going to go with the Elite. Uh, God, I don't care. Uh, I'll go with the elite as well. I I, I just think that baby faces will reign. You, you know what? That, no, that no. Thing. You know what? I think I'm gonna go with the inner circle because I think they're gonna eventually do the blood and guts match, and the elite yeah. will win that. I'll go with the inner circle also, just to counter you and not do the exact same thing. <laughs> that makes sense. 
uh, because we're probably going to be the same on Moxley. Moxley. Yeah. And then uh, what it is, I, I would think, well, it might not be the main event. The Stampede match might be the last match on the card, but Cody and Lance Archer for the TNT championship. I like, so you were talking about Cody winning and Sean Spears being the first challenger. I, I think that Lance Archer has to win this. I think Lance Archer has to win this. I don't know that he will. Yeah. So you're going with Lance Archer? I'm going to go with Lance Archer. I think if you want to truly make him a monster, I think that he needs to destroy the face of the company. But the thing is, I don't know how... I mean, they put Jake Roberts with him, and they've done vignettes, but I'm not bought into this character. I don't think Jake's going to do a good job recently of getting him over. I don't think watching him beat up random stage hands is all that interesting. Uh, I don't think they're doing a good job of making him a monster. I really don't. And Cody is, you know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Uh, him losing again could send him on a really, really interesting path because now he's lost in his quest for the only title he can challenge for. But there's also the feel-good aspect of it. You know, I picked Cody to beat, I think both of us did, to beat uh, Jericho uh, back in the pay-per-view that they fought over the championship. Uh, I might have picked Cody to beat MJF. I don't remember uh, how we picked that. So maybe I should stop picking Cody. But I don't know. I think that he's due for a feel-good moment. How many times is he going to put somebody over when he's one of the decision-makers in the company? Lance Archer's a big fucking dude. I'm not sold that he's the end-all, be-all monster heel. And also, by the way, Lance Archer holding the title. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Not, not that into it. I, I'll go with Cody. Okay. So we got a couple differences here. But uh, yeah, this uh, this this pay per view is going to be our first AEW pay per view uh, during this this era of life that we live in, where we get to see them do a quasi empty arena show. Um, so we'll see how they they pull that off. I I I have a feeling they're gonna go they're gonna have a a, a cool stage and probably do some some fun designs to it and, and and such just to make it a little different and get the fans who are watching at home talking about it because I mean, why not like try to separate yourself from, I mean, it's pretty easy to separate yourself from the competition when all they keep on doing is the same fucking thing every week. So, uh, it's not that difficult for AEW, but I, I have a feeling they'll still go a little bit further out uh, on uh, presentation of the show than maybe most might think for a empty arena show. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There there are some matches that I want to see. I don't think the build's been great for a lot of things, but hey, it is what it is. I, I, I really want to see a good show, and I'm more optimistic about seeing a good show from them that I am in WWE. 
<laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, all right, that's uh, that's done. Anything else you want to you want to touch on before we shove off here? No, I'm actually looking at our our, um, our predictions for the last several pay per views, and I just want to uh, mention that uh, looking back at WrestleMania, we not only did we do our predictions, but we also rated our interest in the matches. <laughs> and I want to mention that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That the only ma- the the highest rated match of interest level was a four point five for Edge and for Randy Orton, which I didn't even watch by me. And the most interest that you had in a match was Charlotte and Rhea Ripley out okay. of four. Uh, and then our lowest rated match for expectation for me was a negative 37 <laughs> with the Street Profits <laughs> championship match. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just now I'm fascinated with this. Uh, I also rated uh, a negative 32 for Goldberg and, uh, and Braun, Braun Strowman. Yeah. You had a number of negatives. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, negative 22 for the Undertaker match, which, by the way, <laughs> completely warranted, completely justifiable. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, so, sorry for making this episode any longer than it had to be, but I was just looking at this, and I found it to be somewhat charming. You know, it, it's kind of funny. We I don't think we've ever talked about our our like prediction records uh, like even halfway through the year before. So... It might be interesting uh, by like the end of June to be like, let's see where we're at. Yeah, we can we can definitely do that. In Re- at WrestleMania, the only match we disagreed on was KO and Seth, and you won that one. Oh, that that was the only match we disagreed on. Only match we disagreed on on the entire thing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you know that worked out so well for KO in a long time, <laughs> long term booking. Much for his bigger character. star now. Yeah. All right, so that I think wraps things up here. Uh, yeah, are you you're gonna you're gonna watch Double or Nothing this weekend? I am. We were. Uh, Allie is going to go out and hang out with some friends on Saturday. I'm gonna stay home with Jad, and I was going to uh, to watch it with you if you're game. Yeah, I absolutely am. I mean, uh, I was you won't be coming here because we're, we're you know being socially distant. But we'll. Uh, I'm gonna put you on the computer, and then we'll talk and you know with yeah. AEW we, we won't just talk over the entire show and talk about yeah, candy about candy like we for... like we did with the last pay-per-view yeah uh stay tuned for our new candy podcast that will yeah. be happening in the future at some point candy talk. almost certainly uh candied spots let by... me tell you about fun dip go ahead <laughs> uh all right so we'll uh hope that if you're watching double or nothing you enjoy yourself uh Follow us on Twitter. We'll maybe make some uh, jokes here and there on there. Um, check out the podcast on all the major podcast apps. Subscribe to the show. Rate us on Apple Podcasts if you can. It's appreciated. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Uh, for Kevin, we'll see you next week. Good night. Good wrestling.